I still get somewhat nervous before races, especially when I travel, if I'm, if I'm up there. So that was also a way for me to go out to my car and like listen to some Pink Floyd and Radiohead and stuff and then come back. Yeah, and mentally you had more grip. Yeah, exactly. Even if it didn't help. This is a uh, freshly unshaven Alex Sturgeon with the Hobbytown Hobbyplex here for the latest version of Hobbyplex Show podcast, which is always, of course, brought to you by Pivot Lending Group. You can find them at pivotlending.com. And if you mention our show, they'll take 0.125 off your rate or $500 lender credit, which is pretty awesome. With me, as always, is Will Brenton. And uh, today we have a special guest. We haven't done a guest uh, show in a little while. Uh, we have uh, fresh back from a West Coast trip and a club race one at the Plex, as always, Tom Rinderneck. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So, Tom, tell us about yourself. So, uh, I'm 18 years old and I've uh, been racing since I think I was 9 or 10. A race with the Traxxas Slash just had like some homies well, like that were neighbors that had some Traxxas rustlers and stuff. So that's kind of how I got into it and uh, been racing ever since. So where was the first track in Des Moines area that you raced at? Was it was it uh, Blue Groove or was it uh, Hobby Haven? I think it was. Yeah. Hobby Haven. Okay. That was, that was like the first like year or two of my racing. Let's see. I got pictures of you from 2014. I know that you won a summer series. Was it stock buggy? Yeah. You got a You got a poster. Yeah, 2014. Was that 14? Yeah. And I know that you, me and Will all, we've gone to a couple races, re- like regional races and stuff before. I know you finished. Was it second at that Rockford race in 15? Yeah. 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 I, rem- I forgot about that. Dude, that place was dialed. Race MRC. Dude, it was. I know. I miss that place, actually. Really good traction. Nice size track. Good pits. It was good. The one thing I remember about that race is you were sitting your car on your dash with the heater on at full blast. Yeah. To warm your car up, warm your tires up before you race. <laughs> yep. That was a hot ticket. That's how I won too, Will. Tire warmers. <laughs> That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. It also was a way for me to get like, so uh, I said this last week, but I still get somewhat nervous before races, especially in my, if I'm in the A or qualified high, especially when I travel, if I'm, if I'm up there. So that, that was also a way for me to go out to my car and like, listen to some Pink Floyd and Radiohead and stuff. And then, and then come back, be chill. Yeah. And mentally you had more grip. Yeah, exactly. Even if it didn't help, you still have. I grip. think it helped. I was actually more, I wasn't <laughs> really worried did. about the tires. I was worried about the shocks. I was trying to get the, the shocks like warmed up so they'd be more consistent, not as hard. That was like the first race I went to where I ran out of tires. Yeah. Like yeah. I did not bring enough tires. I didn't bring enough eight scale tires. Mm-hmm. I raced on one <laughs> set of uh, Proline Clay. What was the, was it Ions? Those, those really fine pin Proline tires from back in the day. No, I used to run those on my short course yeah. at A35. Uh, so, Tom, you, you've done, let's, you know, I think uh, 2014, 2015, I think you started making, well, 2015, you definitely started making mod A mains. I remember that. Yeah. 
what's your, what's your history with, with like sponsorships and stuff? Cause I know you have a poster right now where you're running an associated shirt. <laughs> Basically I started in 2014 and around February, uh, Mac Vanderbeek, I was at a 35 and he let me uh, drive his two wheel, his B 4.2 at the time. Cause he had the Centro, but like he had his rear motor car there. Oh, that's Will's favorite and car. He had me drive it. And it was so dialed, dude. Yeah. Like, I could not believe how good, like, you know, like a well set up and well prepared car was like. And I was like, well, dude, this is crazy. And he got me on that development program that I think you guys were talking about when he was on here. Yep. Yep. Um, totally. So that obviously uh, really was a big influence for me to where I'm at now. And uh, I raced for them until 20, the end of 2018. And I had some really good, I made Fiorini A main, the Nationals A and two wheel. Was it something that you were recruited with or was that a change that you just wanted to make? Like, how did that come about? Tell us about that. Cause I don't, I wonder if people know that, like, we all know that, that sponsored guys sometimes will switch teams and it's such a shock to everybody, but, but give us a little insight or how did that actually work? To be honest with you, I have no idea. So I'd like to know too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was. You know, we got, it was more like getting approached and then talking with them. We had talked to them to TOR a few years, so they were definitely interested for a while. And, uh, it kind of just lined up to where I thought, you know, it'd be a good opportunity. It was a good learning experience at first, you know, it was pretty tough, but obviously it's, I think it's worked out in the long run for me. So it's been really good to see the team develop with the cars and, you know, Thomas on board now and Dakota's doing awesome and. Aaron and Mason and Caden, all those guys, Charlie, everybody's doing really good. So I think the, the, the first year you can definitely tell now that you're in your second year. So I, I could tell a difference. Yeah. I've kind of got more figured out. Yeah. I could definitely tell a difference. So tell us about, tell us about Reedy race. Go back to your first Reedy race. What was that like? 2015 was the first one I did. 2015. Yeah. Man. Or it was 2016, maybe. Was it? Okay. I, I couldn't remember. One of those years. Because, no, it was 2016, because I missed 2017. Mm. And then I've you been did. to every other one. Yeah. Why'd you miss it? I don't even think I got into the race. Oh, really? Hmm. Right. Yeah, I don't think I got into the race. Yeah, because you got to make the A main and open Yeah. to get an automatic right. reset. I think I got, like, second in the E. I was in, like, the E main at two-wheel. Yeah. And then I made Sunday in four wheels in like the D main. So it was good. It was fun. Definitely a good experience. So it was uh, cool to go to a track, you know, that you'd watched on YouTube a whole bunch and stuff. Right. Like that. Yeah. That was, that's why I like going to OCRC whenever I get the chance. I, you could definitely tell that there is a big progression though. When you look at, at the three of you guys, I say the three of you, I mean, Tom, Alex, Mason, and now you can kind of throw Kate, Kate in there as well, but as you guys are going to that race every year, you guys finished higher and higher and higher until, until now all three of you can make the A main. I felt like we were all, you know, at one point in it to win. I think we were all leading the mains at one point. Mm -hmm. I know Alex was leading four wheel for a bit and Mason won the first two wheel A main. So we were all quick enough to win that. It's just uh, the double 10 minute mains are really tough. Yeah. Everything's got to go right. As somebody as young as you are, how old are you? 18. You're 18 now? Mm. Man, I'm old. <laughs> Can you tell a difference between 
you know, we all consider ourselves to be Midwesterners race-wise. Can you tell the difference between the styles of racing from the West Coast or mid- Midwest? Is there a different style? Or is it just RC car racing? Yeah, I, I pretty much never race on treads whenever I go to the West Coast. Right. Yeah. Like, it's not even like an option. Mm. Like, it's just practice for like a day and then you just run into, run like one set and then you end up running slicks. And I don't know. I think Midwest racing, I don't know. For me, I like it better because we're not... Especially at the Plex, you know, we're not blowing the track off every run. So it's not just like super high grip and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. The tracks are really, really smooth. Like I've noticed, especially like hobby action. Yeah. Like that place is like glass in some of the spots. Mm -hmm. I can get our track like that when it's brand spanking new. Yeah. But the the problem, not the pro, it's not a problem at the Plex. It's just that everything depends on how it is outside. Like this last, yeah. this last weekend, it rained for four days. What was the track yeah, like? Ran, the track I was, ran slicks the whole yeah, time. The track was crazy. It never got, it never dried out, never even came close. But it, we've had a super dry summer. And so combine that with me watering every single night, trying to keep moisture in there as much as I can. And then in the middle of the day, when we have um, people come in to use our track, you know, at the Plex, we'll, we'll have some of those guys want to run nitro and they'll open up some doors and the whole place will get kind of lose that humidity and it dries out and it cracks and then it gets kind of bumpy. And I don't know, some years seem to be better than the others. I've noticed, like, I think, um, if we have a really rainy summer, I think the track stays smoother when we don't have a really rainy summer, the track gets bumpier. Yeah. Like I don't feel like the plex is bumpy. It's just like, I feel like these places are just exceptionally yes. like smooth. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like there's any spots where I'm like, wow, like this is a really bumpy section. Yeah. Like, the only time I could think of that was like the sweeper on the, like the first and second round layout. It was pretty sketchy. Like on the last few club races, it was kind of fun though. Cause you yeah. had to be really like, it was, you had to be really perfect on your line. And yeah. You were always thinking about it every time you're coming into that section. I felt <laughs> like everybody was just nervous tiptoeing through Plus, uh, the other thing, too, is that dirt that's been at our, our track has been there the whole time. And OCRC's dirt is actually purchased and sifted and combined to get the right amount of clay and the right amount of aggregates. You know, yeah. so it's just it's just a different thing. It's it's uh, their tracks. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use the word perfect, but their dirt's pretty darn good, you know, for being able to change stuff and make stuff and keep up with it yeah i feel like on the west coast stocks also a lot more like intense yeah i feel like there's like it's like top 15 guys could tq sometimes like the really big races i feel like yeah i can see it's that like really 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 competitive yeah i can definitely see that like you'll see some of the top stock guys crash once and they get don't even get like a top 10 like a search city i was like you know it's pretty yeah pretty close racing also i mean in reality don't you think we're pretty lucky to have a mod class every week? Yeah, they don't even get to race mod, I don't think. OCRC, if you look at the race results from like Fridays and Sundays, they they don't hardly ever even have a mod class. It's nice that we have a lot of uh, guys that want to run mod and that you know can push each other around the track every week. Yeah. I think that's why we're always I feel like everybody's always getting better. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Even look at our local kids. I mean, every once in a while, Aiden can keep up with you every once in a while. Even Mitchell He's fast. Can, can do a hot lap or two. Yeah, those guys are fast, Steve. He just needs to stop crashing. <laughs> if Mitchell could be consistent, he'd be so fast. 
you think the way that people drive on the West Coast is different than the way we race each other here? I mean, I don't want to like... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's a bit nicer over here. A bit less like crazy stuff going on, you know? Well, yeah, you don't... But you can say that without without saying anything negative about anything. Because I've, I've told this story before. Where the, la- the last time I went to OCRC um, was for a JBRL race. And I, I remember telling Emerson... He was racing like the mid-level stock class. And I said, look, if, if you run into somebody, don't do it on purpose, but if you run into somebody and accidentally take them out, I said, it's not like at home, dude, because none of the, if these guys hit you, they will not wait they one won't. bit. So don't Oof. wait, just go. And if, if Jimmy tells you to stop, that's when you stop or pull over and give the spot back, you know? Yeah, like, and I feel like in mod, it's not bad, you know, like at the level that we're racing at. Yeah. I mean, like in stock, I like just watching, you know, because I like to watch the stock heats, you know, see what, see what some of the guys I've been watching getting better and putting in good runs. It's always cool to see. So then there's always those elite guys that are unbelievably fast with a stock car. I think, I think that, that at a race like that, when there's about, you know, they have a, it's basically a pro mod class. I think because you guys now, and I, I feel like I can lump you into that group now the, because you've made the A main at Nats, you've, you've, you've made multiple Reedy main appearances this last race at Surf City. So you got second in four wheel drive, right? Yeah. And you got seventh in, in mod two wheel. Yeah. So I, I think that, um, because you guys tend to race with each other more often, like a lot at, at that level, I feel like there is a little bit more, a lot more driver etiquette that can go on at that level because they know that more than likely the next race, they're going to see you again. You don't want to build a too much of a, of a back and forth rivalry with anybody. I wouldn't think. Especially like at the top level, you know, like, I feel like, you know, I have some really good friends, like, especially like Aiden, it was pretty cool to be battling with him up there at, uh, for second and third in uh, four wheel, and he did really well in two wheel. I think he got second. So yeah, and he won. Didn't he win mod truck? Yeah, he won truck. So that's pretty dope. Yeah, and then you got. I feel like you know the more higher up stock guys like Matt Gonzalez and like Tanner Ashmore and those guys. They're all they're all pretty good friends too. You know, they all have good respect for each other. Yeah, it was almost like a. Um, I wouldn't call it a Midwest takeover of that race, but it was kind of. It was just cool to see the two of you go in there and kind of stir things up a little bit. Yeah. We were both definitely pumped on that. We just got to keep the momentum going. And when you were over there too, uh, a couple of weeks ago, was there any talk about how much 10 scale the top guys have been able to actually drive? Did that come up at all? Be like, I, th- I think they were able, I think I've been able to run a lot more. Right. I think hobby action and OCRC have been like club racing, but they don't really have like any big races. Yeah. Cause I think Will and I were talking that that's, we couldn't think of any 10 scale race beside that one that we could even refer to. Yeah. The last time we had a big race was I think desert classic. That was my last like big, like legitimate eight scale race or 10 scale race. Did they have that race? Yeah. It was like a week before the crisis. Really? Okay. <laughs> crisis. And crisis. <laughs> So what have you, what do you do on your off time? Like what, uh, you know, obviously you got school. Have you graduated yet? Yeah, I graduated. You did graduate. I remember seeing the pictures. Never mind. I'm stupid. 
Oh man. <laughs> like, what do you do on your off time? Like what, what other things do you do? How much do you wrench in your cars during the week? You know, do you have any other, any other hobbies? I wrench a lot, you know, like I'm always kind of working on my stuff and watching videos about, you know, Adam Drake and those guys kind of trying to focus on, uh, work getting better on my nitro stuff. So mm-hmm. been focusing a lot on watching videos of like, you know, how those guys are doing certain things, rebuilding clutches and just trying to build my brain with information. Cause I feel like that's kind of where I've been lacking. Like I need to be more in tune with my cars. Cause I know I can drive good. I just kind of need to try and learn a few more things. Yeah. And, the nitro is a whole different animal. Yeah. Nitro is tough, dude. Do you like 10 scale electric or do you like nitro better? Like, do you have a preference? I definitely like 10 scale better Oh, for sure. I don't know. Why is that? <laughs> I feel like a lot of the guys just have, at least for me, I just, it seems like it's one thing after another, you know, you're constantly working on your car. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm always, you know, I feel like once you get your program down, like it's good. So I just need to put in the work and really put my head down and, I think that nitro will be, I'll like it just as much, but when it's working well, it's really fun for sure. But yeah, I've yeah. always been a pretty quick running 10 scale and that's what I've always raced. So I always thought I was better at eight scale because I, could, I always had a well-built car or I always had a really like yeah. maintenance car. Like my stuff was going to live, you know? Yeah. When I was uh, first starting running eight scale way back in like 2003 four, five, somewhere in there. That was my main problem was getting my cars to last. You know, I'd always qualify really well, but then I'd either break in the main or I'd have a mechanical take me out. It was always like, it's always like stupid stuff like that. I do too. Yeah. You know, it's not like my stuff's like breaking or anything. I just forget to do something or change your clutch bearings. Something (laughs) comes undone, whatever, you know? Yeah. Switching shut off that Mugen challenge. I was like, dude. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, gotta eliminate the switch. You plug yeah. it in and she's on. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that one out. Yeah. You're lucky to have a car though that that is pretty tough. Yeah, especially because I, I hit a lot of stuff when I'm running nitro, so yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but back when Alex was running it, like the cars are made out of glass. Well, like, yeah, my first so brittle. My first couple of years too, I was running a Sportworks. So, and the shock shafts are like the size of ten scale yeah. shock shafts. <laughs> Three mil knuckles, man. Mil. That car would break knuckles Three. left and right. Yeah, look at it cross side and it break. <laughs> so, what's your favorite? What's your favorite race? Then, what? What? What do you? What's the one thing that you like to look forward to each year? Or do you have one of those yet? I like the associated race at Trackside. Mm, okay. I've, I've been going there since 2014, I think. And it's always a track that I've liked to go to because I feel like, you know, all the tracks that we've had in the past, like 8035 and Blue Groove and the compound also, it's, you know, all tight tracks. So mm-hmm. kind of just always felt comfortable there and I feel like, you know, with the curbs and stuff, you kind of have to use the curbs to go fast mm-hmm. and it feels like you're racing on F1 track with some jumps. So I've always enjoyed the vibe there of, you know, Greg and all oh, those guys, they make it a, make a great track for us to race on. And they've gone to slicks too this last year, didn't they? 
Yeah, I think I ran slicks on like Wednesday practice. Yeah. And I never ran anything else the whole time. How, how many sets of slicks did you go through? Probably six a car. Really? You like, <laughs> you like to run those things. Yeah. And then so there's it, too much grip. Was it that the tread just, or the, the carcass gets too stretched out? Yeah, I could see it get like it starts to fart, you know, like when you when you're on the gas, <laughs> like my car yeah. on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mine was doing it, too, because I had blown out tires, <laughs> but they were good, but they were good. My, my tires were awesome. I just. Yeah. God, just... Yeah, I think that you can get away with it like at flex because there's like a bit more dust mm-hmm. when there's like no dust and you just have ultimate grip. It's so hard to drive. Have you ever been yeah, to Hutch? Have you ever been Hutchinson? No, but I want to, dude. If you like racing slicks, go to that fall classic race they have because um, it's styled. It's styled. Basically, the last time I went there, we ended up on slicks way, way earlier. And normally, you'd get there and you would just run. You'd have a set of tires for practice, and then they would get just the the, the middle of it would just get scuffed down almost to the to the carcass, right? And then for qualifying, they'd be dialed, and then by round two you'd see some guys going to straight slicks, but you could use the same tire because it would just keep on getting worn away. And by the time the mains came around, your tires were slicks. And so you'd just be like, Oh, cool. One set of tires all weekend. But the last time I was there, I mean, we were on slicks in practice. So yeah, crazy amounts of grip. And you would hear that tire slap constantly, (laughs) like all weekend. So that'd be be a good one. If you like going that. What's your opinion on carpet racing? I've raced some carpet in the past. I've always thought it was fun. You know, I never felt like it was like easy or like anything like that. You know, it's pretty t- difficult, especially when you're running pins like yeah. bones. I tried and cause you've gone to that. Um, what's that? Is that Island Island RC or whatever? Yeah. In Davenport, is it Davenport, Iowa. Um, Muscatine. I think. Muscatine. They got black carpet yeah. there too. I think just no, like us. I think, uh, I'm actually excited to run carpet this winter because I've never really got to, uh, do that very much so to be fun yeah. i think alex is going to be doing that vanderbeek and hopefully i can convince mason to get a car going yeah he's kind of bummed out that we run we rerun pins now instead of slicks the pin pin tires i i don't know i mean it's it's the way everybody else does it so yeah it's kind of like it i feel like more people would come because we race pins For you sure. know. i'm yeah. i'm 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 on the verge of, of talking myself into taking a break after this, um, summer series is over. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to get Emerson's car all ready. I'm going to try to have him do most of it, um, with me, but for carpet, but I, I think I might be taking a break. Not, not that I don't like carpet. I just, I just have had a really busy summer. With, with, yeah. you know, everything that we do, we've had a lot of racing. I mean, this has been the best summer of club racing we've ever had since 2000, yeah. what, 13, 2012. Yeah, we had Harris come out. We had, uh, Aiden come out. Yeah. And that's for summer series though. Um, I'm talking about club racing. Like we, it's yeah. been a long time since we've had a steady stream of weekly racing on yeah. Saturdays during the summertime. Usually it slows down. Usually, usually we get a couple Saturdays where we don't get anybody to come out and race. And then I, I'm, I get frustrated with it, but at the same time I get a day off. So it's like this year, this year that hasn't happened this year. We've just been 
you know, the whole way. And with you and uh, with Alex coming a majority of that time too. And, uh, the rest of the mod crew that we have, I mean, we've had multiple club races where we've had two full heats, you know, just for a club race. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to talk myself out of it, but I kind of feel like maybe I, I might, I might, I might actually like just race my on-road car in the winter time. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I respect your life choices, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Wait, I think Alex just doesn't want to race because it's just too intense. It is like, intense. It isn't. But here's the other thing too. No. Here's the other part about it too. Carpet racing for us, for the Plex is not easy because on me, especially because we have to put the track up by Friday afternoon and then we take it down Saturday. And it is an all out grudge match. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, Every it's just, week. yeah, it's just a lot of work. So I don't know. I'm, that's why that's how I feel about that. I'm happy to do it. Cause I know we're going to get good turnout. So I'm not worried about that. And, and as long as everybody takes the time to, to get their cars prepped so that we don't damage the carpet as much this year, I think, you know, we'll continue to show that it's worth doing, you know, are we racing a mini T class? I don't know. Uh, I heard there, I heard rumors. Dude, okay. And I'm kind of excited. So there's, there's a guy, uh, there's a guy named Ty who here in town, he wants to start racing, uh, mini T's at the Plex on the carpet. And I told him, I said, dude, I mean, all you got to do is get three or four guys to show up and we'll throw you in there. It won't matter. I didn't think it was something that we had to like super organize. We just had to have guys come out on the race on the actual race days. But now it sounds like they might be actually like Cam and Trevor who work for the Plex have been tasked with basically uh, organizing like a mini team night. So it might actually mm. be on Thursday nights from what I've been, oh. from what I've, what I understand. But that being said, if we get a whole bunch of them to come out on a Saturday, I'm not gonna be like, cool, that's awesome. Especially now with the brushless one coming out. Yeah. Cause the, the stock ones, they're a little slow. They don't really make all mm -hmm. of our jumps, which makes it kind of lame, but the brushless ones, they might work. They're going to be all right. Yeah. Dude, had I, foam tires. Yeah. Saturday. That's so bad. old. That's so old school, dude. Dude, but it was hooked. Oh, no, we used to have mini T foam tires for the old mini T's. Yeah. Dude, I used to run on my RC18T. I had 10 scale foam tires on a 10 scale touring car foams. Mm -hmm. There was like a hex adapter oh, yeah. you could get. And we were running like three cell castle brushless systems, like 90, 200 KV. <laughs> the thing would like flip over backwards and like keep going down the straightaway. They had so much power. <laughs> it was insane. But. Yeah, that was like in the hit. That's when I I really got into it. Uh, that was like when 18th scale was like in its heyday. Yeah, like 2006. That was fun. That was because we we used to do kind of like what we're doing now. We had masonite jumps that we'd put out on the uh, on road track and run on it. So I mean, and it was it's Tuesday night mini night. Yeah, I mean it's been done. You know. Yeah. It, and it's it's cool. I I really I really like that because. It's like a cheaper class that you can run in your basement and then you can take it to the track and race it and it gets you involved in the bigger stuff. So I, I like that scale for that reason, because you can 
kind of make your own track at home and run it and then go out and race it like a sanctioned event. And I think those, those types of things are important for racing to get people into it. I should race mini T's. You should race mini T's. I would, if, if the associate had one, I'd run it, but Oh, yeah. I, I want you should run it anyways. Well, I thought of, I still have an RC18T and I thought about just taking the front drive shafts out of it and running it because we used to do that. You'd run, run a car in two wheel and just take the front drive shafts out of it. <laughs> I'm going to do that with my four wheel. See what it does. Oh, <laughs> dang it. I gave Tom an idea. Oh, man. Hey, Tom, what, what are some of the funniest mispronunciations of RC car names that you can think of real quick? Um, I know you're not as old as Will and I to, 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 to knock these out, but who have you heard any good ones? This is a running joke with us. Nor, nor have you worked in the hobby shop. Yeah. You haven't yeah. worked in the hobby shop to hear all of them yet. <laughs> I mean, a lot of them are kind of mean, so I don't know. <sighs> oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, as long as you don't swear, we're fine. I mean, just like, or like, say anything. Yeah. We can always know. edit it out later. Yeah. We don't want to get um, canceled or nothing. Yeah. Here. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I, I don't heard, know many good ones. All right, this week, this week I heard for the first time somebody calling in fraction an inner fraction. Me fail English? That's impossible. <laughs> what what is that? I don't what know. What would that be? But like but an I'm, inner fraction. Yeah, somebody came in and said, "Hey, um, how much is that inner fraction up there?" And I was like, "The what?" And then I had to Oh, in fraction. Oh. Uh, yeah, six. Please allow me to correct you, sir. Oh, I can't, <laughs> dude, I can't do that because then I get then I get a, a one star review saying that I'm a conceited, <laughs> conceited douchebag, and I can't do that. I gave good sense. I ever heard of good sense subs before? Yeah, it's like a sandwich place here in Lincoln. I gave them a one star review really? a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so it was like <laughs> so it was like uh, eight thirty on a on a weeknight and. I only get at sub sandwich places. I only, if they have a meatball sub, that's all I'm getting. Right. That's all I want. I want the meatball sub, whatever. My wife, my wife likes that place. She gets like a, I don't know, penny club. They have good or soup. Something. They have yeah, soups. She gets something stupid. Nobody likes. Anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I get, I go in there. I'm like, yeah, the six inch penny club and a full long meatball. Like, Oh yeah. We're out of meatballs for the, all right, we put them all away. Like God, every time. And then when they do have them and they make the meatball sandwich, they act like they just like hate life that they have to make this. It's like the McDonald's uh, ice cream machine. Yeah, right. So I go, I go in there. It's eight thirty when I get there, and I think by the time I get to the line, it's like eight forty, and they close at nine. And I'm like, all right, yeah, meatball or whatever. Like, oh, we don't have them. And I was like, oh, well, that's stupid. And so. I was like, well, just give me the penny club. I don't want anything from here. I'll just go somewhere else. And so I asked the dude, I'm like, uh, hey, dude, when when do you not have meatballs anymore? When do you put them away? And I'm like, oh, about a quarter till eight, whatever, you know. And I was like, well, it's 845. You don't have them anymore. Like, they're just gone. You just throw them all away. <laughs> and so I gave him a one-star review. And I... And I, uh, uh, like said my experience and I bought a cookie for my, my wife wanted a cookie. I got her cookie. They didn't put it in the dang bag. They didn't give me the cookie. So I put that on there too. And it's like the people that work there don't even care about their job. <laughs> like I went to, I went to Subway like a few days ago 
And man, the old dude working there at the cat, like everybody in there, love life. Like, look forward to making your sandwich for him, even though like it's Subway and you probably go home, you smell like the bread and like, you know, it's a rough, rough go. And, but they, you know, they care about their jobs. Like, it's odd. Like, I, I, I would go to Subway over that, even though it's like Subway, you know, like eating reasonably fresh. Tom, do you remember me telling you the McDonald's story on Saturday? Yes, it was so funny. He was so pissed, dude. <laughs> I was so you mad. guys should have seen him. <laughs> Alex, what they do? Did you oh. get a? Did you get a McRib? <laughs> I wish I got a McRib. That'd he, been awesome. He held it full throttle out of the place. <laughs> I waited in line for twenty minutes. I got screwed by the guy in front of me. You ever? So uh, since we're telling uh, one star stories, um, I gave this place one star review too. Uh, another Did McDonald's. Really? So I've given I've given two Burger Kings, uh, Red Robin in. Uh, uh, a red robin in orange county red robin always gives me diarrhea orange cali california <laughs> that, that red robin they had us that hotel they had to stay at had a red robin in it and uh they sucked and i gave them one star review but uh so now i've added a mcdonald's to the list and basically what it came down to was i was in line you know how they split lines so i'm waiting to get to, to order and the guy in front of me is one of those guys that doesn't know how to order things at a drive through so basically he's one of those guys that was just asking questions you don't ask the people that you're ordering from questions about anything because they don't care. They just want you. They just want your food. They just want your money. Just move on. If you don't like something, just pick it off. Okay. So it's like an old guy's like, what's on the Big Mac? <laughs> yeah. Basically stuff like that. I could, I was kind of overhearing that conversation. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, uh, Do all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. So there's like three or four cars on the other side that are starting to, to drift by, right? They're all getting their orders in and they're getting going. And I'm sitting here and I'm, I told these guys at the track, I'm like, all right, I'm going to be back in like 15 minutes. We'll get going, you know, uh, we'll, whatever. And it turned into like almost a half hour because I was stuck behind this guy and then finally he makes his order and then he proceeds to let like three or four more cars from the opposite uh, drive through line go by when it's his turn. You're supposed to take your turns and he wouldn't do what? it. And I'm sitting there going and I, now I'm starting to get pissed. Right. I'm like I'm like steaming in my car. So then he, he finally does move up, but he doesn't move up far enough for me to make my order. So the, 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 the drive-thru is way over here and they're saying, can you please place your order or whatever? And I'm like, I'm not anywhere near it. So I had to shout my order into the thing. So finally I got up there and I look on the screen and it's wrong. It was not what I ordered. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't want that. Can you like start over? And so the guy started over and then he like proceeded to put the wrong stuff up again. He wanted to give me a small fry and a small drink with chicken nuggets. And I'm like, I didn't ask for small. I just wanted a regular whatever. So finally they made it large, which I didn't want that either, but whatever I was at this point, I was like, fine, 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 whatever. I just been in line for like 20 minutes. Can we just get going? So I roll up to the thing and I look at the girl and I said, Hey, can you just fix this? I just want a number six, whatever it was with Dr. Pepper for the drink and just regular fry. And she goes, sir, that's exactly what you got. A large drink, which I now understand that McDonald's is giving everybody large drinks for the same price as a medium. So I get that, ah. but I was still getting a large fry and I didn't want a large fry. And uh, I was finally like, I hate all of you. And then I left and I, like squealed out of the parking lot at full speed, and, like did a burnout. It, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm sure I looked like a crazy person though, but I just, I'd had enough. Which uh, McDonald's was it in the, case anybody would care to go see your one star <laughs> review? It's the 90th and Fort 
90th oh, and 4th. Nice. So anyway, so 90th went, and 4th McDonald's. Yeah. If you'd like to see Alex's one-star review on Google, look for <laughs> Gunter Lox's at the 90th and 4th Street, uh, <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska, McDonald's. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. So then I went to Runza and then I was like 10 minutes late starting the mains. So I was, I was pretty embarrassed. Man, Runza is so good. Runza is really good. They, 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 it's one of those places where the employees like, they like that you're coming. Everybody was clean and and they they took my order and exactly how I placed it. It was great. It was Mm -hmm. just like it's supposed to be. Yeah. Chili Duncan, if you're listening right now. Yeah, Chili likes. You know what's up with Power Runza. You know what I'm saying? He likes Runza. (laughs) Yeah, he does. does. We're going to take a moment here to uh, hear from Pivot Lending Group, either uh, Don Zoller or David Olson. We'll be right back. And now, a word from our sponsors. Yeah! This is a Pivot Lending Update with David Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. This is Don Zoller with Pivot Lending, and I'm here with David Olson. We're here to visit with you today about utilizing your mortgage equity for investment opportunities. Yeah, this is a great time within the last 60 days or probably 90 days, 60 to 90 days of markets rebounding. Um, but there's still opportunities out in the market. So we just wanted to touch base on leveraging your equity uh, that you currently have in your house. Yeah. So with the rates as low as they are right now, you know, you can take the equity out of your home and you can use that to invest into the market and you can actually make a larger return on your money there than what it's costing you in an interest rate for your mortgage. The other advantages are when you pull your money out of your investments, obviously everyone's investments have taken a hit right now. You're depleting what's already been depleted. And then you're taking a tax hit on the money that you're pulling out of your investments. When you do a cash out refinance on your homes, there's no tax hit on that money. And again, rates are so ridiculously low right now. You can invest that money into some safer investments and rebuild your investment portfolio, and then make more interest than what it's costing you for the money. That's a good point. My wife and I actually did this uh, in 2015. We, uh, we pulled some equity out and, and purchased Apple stock at like 75 bucks. And uh, I think I checked yesterday and Apple was at 300 or, you know, and it, and it goes up and down and uh, they're, they're cash flush, but yeah, it, it was, it, it worked out really well. So that return on investment, like you're saying, I mean, is, you know, threefold of fourfold of what the cost was. And that was the first time I've ever done anything like that. But uh, we, we had enough equity that we're sitting on it. And uh, at the time, you know, the market, real estate market was starting to come around. Um, one of the dads on the baseball team is an, was a certified financial analyst. So we would always go back and forth and talk about the different investment opportunities. And he was just a big fan of Apple at the time. And I just winged it. But yeah, so we, we killed it on that Apple purchase. So you've got, you've got some good ideas there for well, sure. A lot of people don't, don't think about the fact when they look at their investment portfolio, your home is usually one of your biggest investments. You've mm-hmm. got, you know, people are you know, pay off the mortgage, pay off the mortgage, pay off the mortgage. Well, now you've got, you know, 150, 200, 300 or more. Once it's paid, yeah. Sitting there, mm-hmm. not being utilized, 
that you can tap into and use, you know, somewhere else and in to invest if you're not ready to retire or if you want to pull that money out and use that money for instead of having to pull the money out of your investments initially. So to be able to pull that out tax free is is huge. Yeah, it's um, like I said, we it worked for us. I think the key is just, you know, finding, you know, the, maybe the Berkshire B of the world or just something mm-hmm. that, you know. The next big thing. <laughs> or something that, you know, is undervalued or but bigger, you know. I mean, not, definitely you don't want to sure. jump into penny stocks. Right. Did that once. I'm not working for you. <laughs> yeah, that one didn't work out so well. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't do plenty of equity. That was all that was all cash purchase. But yeah, I thought I thought we were retiring for sure on that one. <laughs> I mean Bitcoin's still out there. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was pretty funny. Um so yeah, it's good, it's great, good ideas. And uh I, I think it's worth giving you a call to to visit on on the equity side. And if you're needing an investment, um, someone to represent you on investments or trades. Don also has a um, got some great referral partners yeah, to be great. able to pair yeah. you with someone yep, that can here help you. Mom. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're interested in seeing what your opportunities are for a cash out to utilize the equity in your home, give me a call 402-715-9082. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS 277-589. Pivot Lending, NMLS 109-995. Now to your regularly scheduled program. Hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Do you have one? All right, Tom. Let's get into the weeds here. Uh, Jeff Thorson would like to know how do you get a car so planted in the corners, in and out of them without traction rolling? I know there are some throttle tricks here. Explain as best you can. Is it throttle tricks or is it car setup? Or is it natural talent? What do we got going on here? Well, most people, when they traction roll, they're braking and turning at the same time. I notice you want to brake before the corner. Right. That's what I see most often, I feel like. And you feel like you have to over-exaggerate that, especially in four-wheel. So, I mean, that's, I mean, obviously the setup of the car, you can change some things to help that. But if you're braking and turning at the same time, it's probably going to flip off the track, especially in slicks. When you're running a high grip yeah. on carpet and stuff, you have to really be careful. You ever glue, glue your sidewalls on, on slicks on dirt? Yeah. We did that at Surf City. Oh, wow. Okay. And I then did, I, I, they I were did. like that at Hobbyplex, too. I, I did that Saturday. Mm-hmm. Nice. I felt like the track on Saturday had, had enough grip where, where uh, I, glue, I glued the sidewalls in mine, too, uh, thinking about the, the previous summer series race, right? Traction rolled all over the place because there was so much traction by the mains. But do you think your shock package has something to do with that? Because like your 22X4, for instance, you could send that thing off a cliff and I feel like it'll land like a, like a cat and just go boop, boop. If the shock setup is like, kit, it's the kit pistons and just lighter oil in the rear and the same in the front. What about car weight? Do you think car weight has anything to do with traction rolling? Like if you're too heavy? Yeah. Yeah. My car's pretty light. Four wheel or two wheel? Uh, four wheel. My two wheel is like 15, mid high 15s. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. Mine's like 1590. Ooh, that's too heavy, Alex. Think so? No, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> my, my car's like 1570. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
I haven't weighed that thing my two wheel in like a year. Yeah, I, I did it the other day just just because I was standing right next to the scale while I was waiting for somebody, and I was like, oh, and I put it on there. I was just happy it was under sixteen hundred. Usually my nice. cars are super heavy. Dude, who's? I think it was Rob Gillespie's car when he weighed it. I think it was like sixteen fifteen his two wheel one time. Hmm. I saw it like a Rornats. I was like, holy cow. I need to learn how to drive that. That guy's fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> what does your dad do? Like, what do your parents do? Uh, my dad works for Danfoss and my mom works for Hartland AEA. What are those? I don't know exactly like what they're doing, but they've been working at home. So I know they've been happy about that. And well, that's good. They haven't had to go in to, uh, work or anything like that so do you think they're gonna have to go back to work like after the pandemic or you think they're just gonna work at home for the rest of their lives i think my dad's he may never go back i'm not sure about my mom's but i know your dad's competitive too though like doesn't he do running and some biking triathlons or something like that yeah he's uh he's always working out and doing something he's pretty uh kind of just like all of us working on our stuff all the time just have you ever done any sports or anything? I played tennis in high school for a bit, but I ended up just wanting to do RC and I've been playing golf recently mm. for fun. That's something I've kind of sometimes as a dad, I feel bad about like, um, I mean, I played little league for a little while until I got fat and then that stopped. And I, <laughs> no, it's true. Were you like, were you like the fat kid? In the I little was league I, they, when they, when they started sticking me out in the right field. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is boring. And I just, <laughs> I was totally focused on RC after that. But I feel like with Emerson, yeah. like he's, he's said that he wants to play football, for instance, and mom doesn't want him to play football because of the concussion thing. And lately he hasn't really shown as much interest in, in racing RC cars as he's has in the past. So I'm not sure if it's just a product of his age or whatever, but I sometimes feel bad about not trying to immerse him in anything else other than the stuff that I do, you know, that's why I was curious about what, like what your parents do and, and, and if you've done anything else besides this. Yeah. I mean, a little bit here and there, but RC is definitely been the main focus mostly. Mm. So now that you're graduating high school, do you have any college plans? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to do, um, just some community college. Uh, it's DMAC. I'll do that probably certain January. So. Okay. That's good. So I think that's the plan for that. Kind of do the first couple of years and maybe transfer to a four year. It's not exactly sure, but is it something that you would want to do right like right away, or would you want to take and and focus on RC car racing for a little while? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not really sure like where I'm at with that, but um, yeah, I think I should do. I think I could do both and still be. Mm. you know fine i don't know school's pretty important too so i i know right. i need to get that done and yeah quicker I, it's done the better i guess I as as a as an adult who's been through 20 years of of stupid spending and stuff like that i would definitely say to uh find something that you like to do and 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 just do it you know whether it be a trade school even or college or something like that just make sure that you have something you know that you can definitely focus on make a living on if you know but i do know that some i do know some some younger guys that are that are able to be at the level that you're able to drive at 
you know, they do take a couple, couple years and just kind of do the circuit for a little while. Yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily say there's anything wrong with that either, you know, and kind of just as long as you don't abandon anything after that, you know, I think I'll, uh, I'll know more towards the end of the year, like where I'm going to be at with that kind of stuff, but mm. definitely would like to focus on RC if possible, but let's see. Rod Case put something on here, probably for, for, for all of us, but uh, what's your advice on someone getting into mod four-wheel drive? Would it be a wait till you feel comfortable and competitive at the top with 13.5 or just send it and jump into mod? I mean, it kind of depends. Like if you're, if there's a lot of 13.5 at your track, it's like if there's like, that's the most competitive class, like if you're just going to run mod with like five or six guys and they're like different skill levels and stuff. I think 13.5 is good until you can like really get good at racing around other people and running up top five and stuff like that. And then I don't think trying mod or anything is terrible. I mean, I think it's good, you know, for stock guys to run mod a few weeks in a row and then come back and run stock again. I think that would help. Yeah. I like 13, five. It's kind of fun. It's not, not super fast, not super hard on stuff. And, uh, of course the cars handle really well, not too. Especially the 22X4. That car's pretty dialed. I'd go full send there, Rod. Just just run modified. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple yeah, years ago, you can do that. a couple years ago, I got asked that exact same question. It was asked by somebody who wasn't very good. Like, was having a hard time not breaking their car in stock buggy. I remember that guy. You remember that guy? And I said to him, I said, Hey, I don't know if that's a good idea or not. Cause I, in, in my opinion, why would you dump twelve, thirteen hundred dollars into a brand new four wheel drive car just to go out there and break it every single time? Cause you, you're, you're not even good enough to drive stock buggy well enough to. You're not good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the blunt way to put it. I mean, I put it a little bit more politically, you know, correct when I was talking to him. But I answered the question truthfully. I'm like, well, I don't know if that's a good idea for you right now. And like, you know, and then and then I got blasted on RC Tech for it and oh, told that yeah. I was a huge part of RC Tech. Yeah. And I, I I remember going on there and being like, what? That's not what I said, dude. I didn't say that. Yeah. I didn't say you, you suck. Like, I just told said me I was an idiot. Yeah. And I couldn't do it because I was too dumb. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's around the time when I stopped answering questions like that. Somebody would ask me that yeah. and be like, I don't know, do whatever you want to do. Whatever makes you feel Follow good. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Kind of a sketchy one. Yeah. Just the wrong guy. <laughs> exactly. Rod did good though. Rod's been doing really good. Actually, he's been getting better and better every week. Yeah, dude. He's been, yeah. he's been dialed with the X4. Yeah. Just follow your heart. Run whatever you want. It won't hurt my feelings if you run mod. I think it'd be sick. But I could see you doing that on, uh, you know, on a, on a club night. Yeah. I, so, what I would do club race modified a week and then see how many people you're racing with. If you're not racing with anybody and everybody's a lot faster, then, you know, if they're, if you'd be racing more with people in 13, five, that's your race, you know, and then yeah. race 13, five until you're the head of the pack or, you know, like, kind of like Tom said, you're, you're up front in 13, five, and then, then maybe you run modified or run your 13, five car in modified mm. and double, double up. And then uh, get more wheel time with one car. Yeah. We got a question, not for, not necessarily for Tom, but just in general, um, Ken Peterson uh, on club nights, three heats in a main or two heats in a main. 
Seems like uh, he goes, seems like tracks have split views on this. My take on that is since we do bump ups, we don't necessarily need that third qualifier. And that's one reason why we, we went to two rounds of qualifying in mains a while back, like a long time ago, because we tried doing three heats in a main and not only did it take longer, make the day way longer, but it, it didn't change that much. Like the people that were in the main, were going to be in the main anyways. So we also weren't doing bump ups at the time. So I remember making the switch. This was like, this one, this was when we were getting like hundreds, like a hundred people on a club night. And I said, look, here's what we're going to do. 12 or more heats. We got to cut it back to five minutes. And from now on, we're only going to do two heats in a main, but we're going to add bump ups. So I know some tracks still do the traditional three heats in a main, which is good. I mean, you get your money's worth too, but I also like getting done at a decent time. I don't necessarily want to be at the track until 10 PM. Remember that time we went to a track for a club race that was like three hours away and they ran <laughs> three heats, three heats in a main with uh, an hour break in between each round. Yeah. We got home at five o'clock in the morning. I do. Yeah, remember. It did not sound like a great club race to me. That was rough. But Yeah. Yeah, it's always nice when, uh, like me, Mason, and Alex, we can go race at the Hobbyplex and we can get back at, you know, 8.30 mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. night, you know, and we have a two-hour drive, so. Yeah, right. Uh, I definitely think the two heats in the main is the way to go. Because then it allows us to come race because we obviously want to come drive. Right. And part of, the, part of that, you know, you kind of have to look at your entry count. You know, if you have 20 guys there and everybody just wants to run on a prepared track that's ready to go every round and everybody's racing two classes and you got time for breaks and you can still be done in a decent hour by all means run three heats in a main. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mean, if you got like 60, 70 people there and it's already, you know, you're running 10 classes of around or 10 heats around or something, then I'd probably, you know, cut it back so you can get out of there at a decent time. Yeah. You know, it's a, you just want everybody there to have a good experience, you know? Well, and the other thing too, is most of us, most of us, when we get to the track, we get to the track right when they open or at least yeah, close to right. it. So we're already getting, you know, a couple hours of track time before we even race, you know? Yeah. My, my favorites, two heats, mains and bump ups. Yeah. Personally, I just think that three is just too long a day. Yeah. It's weird. Cause back, back when I would drive to Chile, when I was Tom's age and I was driving to Chile every week to race. I mean, it was three qualifiers in the main, but dude, they would start racing. <sighs> that's seven PM on a Saturday. I didn't get home sometimes till like 4 a.m. in the morning. I'd have to, and I would drive back. Like I wouldn't stay. I just, I just drive back and I'd be, I'd be rolling into my apartment at like 4.30 in the morning. I had to work at like nine the next day. Maybe that extra hour and a half in the grand scheme of things wouldn't have made that big of a difference, but it would have been an extra hour and a half of sleep. <laughs> there was an attachment to that. So Rod Case asked about what about, what about on the tone heats? What do you guys think about heads up? like heads up qualifiers. I I like if Mark qualifying, I started racing when we still, when we ran heads up every, every race is heads up. And then like we start racing if Mark qualifying and I thought it was great. I like heads up qualifying if it's somewhat different crowd. And I don't mean, I'm not trying to diss on any crowd in particular. I'm just saying when we had our Tuesday night thing that we were doing heads up, you know, at mm-hmm. the, at the tone Tuesdays, 
other than you, because Will, Will, I mean, you would come up and race with me, but uh, for generally speaking, it was a completely different crowd than what we get on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if more, if more style qualifying where you're on your own clock allows guys like Tom and, and Caden and, and, and Mason and, and Alex and me and you, the, the, the chance to get some quality, <laughs> some quality track time that means something, you know? Yeah. Because when you go to these larger events, you're not going to do heads up qualifying. You're going to do IFMAR style qualifying. And you want to get that practice of focusing on each lap, getting that, you know, getting your, your the, the fast laps back to back to back to back to back, putting mm-hmm. in a good qualifier where a heads up race is just kind of the whole time. It's almost more for fun. And, and, right. uh, and I'm not saying this isn't for fun, but it's a different kind of fun. It's, it's a, it's a focus for if more style qualifying, yeah. there's a different level of focus required than, than just, than just heads up racing the whole time. Yeah. Like somebody can pass you because you made a mistake on the clock. And like, if you make a mistake in heads up racing, you could potentially not lose the spot, you know, the mistake yeah. necessarily didn't matter, but yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like we pretty much use club racing as practice for bigger events, Yeah, you know, or test something or try something out or whatever. Like, I mean, club racing is important and all, but I mean, that that's what I use it for is to try stuff. Plus it's like, if you make a change to your car from one round to the other, and let's, and all things being equal, the track would be the same. Hopefully, you know, if Marcel qualifying gives you a chance to really judge whether or not what you did to your car, what did your driving style or what you did to your components or whatever actually would make a mm. difference, you know? Right. Uh, oh man, Matthew Gonzalez just asked Tom, who was your absolute favorite stock driver ever to lay rubber on a toy car track? He's trying to, he's trying to get me to say his name in the podcast. <laughs> he's been, I've been, I've been getting, uh, some messages from people. Oh, I'm getting, drop I'm my canceled. name, drop my name. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know about my favorite stock racer. <laughs> I consider Matt a mod racer. Oh uh, man. <laughs> i just lifted he up my really good at he did really good at reading and stuff so I, I like to give him a hard time but yeah yeah matt you're dialed all right that's what you wanted to hear <laughs> all of the shout outs for matt all right mine's tater sontag <laughs> that's he's my you favorite like stock driver tater's awesome dude <laughs> i think that's it as far as the questions go because one of the questions was how did you start racing i already asked you that so How'd you like the picture I put on, uh, I put on today? I thought it was funny. I liked Brian's comment. Yeah. Yeah. Derek is almost (laughs) unrecognizable, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Derek looks like a, like a Kyosho version of me. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Yeah. That was from, uh, that had to be from 14 because we hadn't had the team associated backdrop done yet. Plus I'm wearing a Novak, I'm wearing a Novak sticker on my shirt. So, <laughs> Oh yeah. So that would I actually been. remember that race. I bet you do. There was, <laughs> there was a couple times there where, where, uh, you and I kept getting in the same freaking mains at some of these larger events. Like, uh, was it 16 two wheel drive? Yeah. Yeah. And you rolled it and I got around you. Yeah. Was, <sighs> I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's like, duh. Ah! Yeah, and I'm like, I, know. I, I was like, I was a oh, novice. Man, I'm gonna, I'm I made gonna, a novice mistake. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a plaque. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't even remember it. <laughs> it was probably stupid. 
And then that, uh, we were talking about earlier, but that Rockford race, you know, every once in a while, uh, so Chili Duncan's got video of that whole thing. And, uh, uh, you were, you were coming like in that race. I mean, I got really lucky to win that race, but you were, you were, if I would have made one little mistake, you would have been close enough to, uh, to battle for that one. I don't even remember what that was back when I knew, I knew what was up. I was going to be like, shit, this kid's going to be fast one day. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just remember that that picture was from the, one of the summer series races. I think that was like the first summer series, like mod I ever won. Mm-hmm. We could probably attribute to just that whole pack from Des Moines being able to get as quality of, of racers as you guys are mainly because you guys were able to race with each other for quite a, quite a while there at blue groove and compound. There's videos of me and Mason, like racing together in novice at like the pit at that South Ridge Mall or whatever. Oh yeah. So it's like, it's kind of crazy. I like we're racing now. It's super high level. And then we were just there as little kids messing around. I never got a chance (laughs) to race at that, at the, at the pit. I never went there. I raced there. <laughs> Will did though. Yeah. Do you like it, Will? It was, it was great for what it was. Yeah. I liked it. Hey, you could go over to the the food court in the mall and get a slice of pizza or I think I remember eating popsicles. They had, there's this uh <laughs> there's this restaurant in the in the mall that had popsicles. I always get a popsicle. Yeah. It'd be cool to have um I think the one thing that, that we lack is just in the visibility part at the Plex. Like we have to work really hard. Like I do a lot of Facebook advertisements, advertisements for, for the Plex to get traffic, just foot traffic to come in. But when people do come in and we have a day like a summer series race where there's buttloads of people there and, and the racing atmosphere is very energetic, you know, I think that's, that's what helps kind of draw people in too. So I had planned on my whole schedule this week was going to be do the podcast, go directly to the track, pick up a bunch of pipe, hop on the tractor, move a couple things, get it all set to go, tamp it all in tomorrow, and then finish it up Thursday night and uh, retamp a whole bunch of sections again, because that's usually the way it goes, and then have a somewhat fresh layout for Friday. Uh, However, uh, this guy is an idiot. And went on a bike ride yesterday. I was coming down this hill. I was on a paved bike trail around Standing Bear Lake near my house. And I was coming down this hill and there was a family in front of me. There was like three ladies in a stroller. And I yelled, on your left, on your left. And as I'm moving over to the left, all of a sudden, they, one of them looked, the one with the stroller looked behind me, freaked out moved herself and the stroller in front of my path and I didn't want to run over a baby. So I jumped out the trail into a ditch and I went over the bars and I landed on my shoulder and my, my back, my ribs because I wasn't wearing a helmet. So I didn't want to land on my face. So I like, I knew I was going to crash and it was like slow-mo. I was like, well, this sucks. And then I saw my bike tire go into this ditch and I turned my head and kind of like, you know, maneuvered myself so that I wouldn't land on my face, but I did land on my shoulder and my back. So, um, it hurts really bad. So I'm not going to do any, I'm not doing any track work tonight. Did they say anything? 
they go. <laughs> so honestly, maybe I did land on my head cause I don't remember a whole lot yesterday after <laughs> this, but, um, I was, I was lying on the ground and I was trying to get up and I fell down again and I, I heard a, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. And then they just kept going. They didn't check to see if I needed any more help after that. So, yeah. Um, You're like, thanks for nothing. Yeah. So I got up and, uh, I, I, uh, called my wife real fast and I said, Hey, I just, uh, I just crashed really hard and um, I might need you to come pick me up. I'll know here in a second. And, uh, I knew I was in trouble cause you could see a big red mark on my shoulder. And, uh, but I just hopped back on the bike and toughed it out and I rode home, but I knew I was going to be in pain this morning when I went to bed. I'm like, this is going to suck tomorrow. And that's exactly what happened. My shoulder was not happy this morning. So I've been, I've been pumping myself full of uh, ibuprofen all day. So for those of you watching that were expecting the, the, the track led to be somewhat different on, on Saturday, it probably won't. It, if I magically feel better tomorrow, I'm just going to try to clean it up, fill in a couple of those little holes and stuff that get created out there and make it nice. Well, yeah, it's pretty dialed right now. I like it. Yeah, it's not, it's different. We haven't had, we haven't had something like it in a while. That's, that's why I kind of wanted to, to get it. It was I, good surf city prep. Was it? It was a harder layout. Yeah. yeah. It was a harder layout. And then surf city was like, just like exceptionally hard. Mm. Like some of the sections, like the jumps and stuff. Yeah. That triple right in that the double, the triple double after the rumble strip thing, the timing of that yeah. looked, looked really tough. Yeah. That was difficult, especially in stock. It was harder in stock. And I think it was mod. Oh, I bet had to be like, they were just stretching through there. So what'll happen then is, is then I'll, I'll make sure that it's, it's something new for the finals then for sure. But I don't know the way, the way my body feels tonight. I just, I don't know if I'm going to be able to work on it to do anything major this week. Cause you know, I always try to do something for you guys, try to make something different, but sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work out either. The tractor's broken or I'm broken. So (laughs) (laughs) and luckily the tractor if the tractor breaks that sucks because that's like that's money if i'm broken then it's just sleep and 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 a grumpy grumpy face for a little while so um let me check youtube and see if there's anything fresh for for tom here before we get going you should definitely give a shout out to tom's youtube fan club they've come out in full force oh have they (laughs) Oh no. Live chat. There we go. What do we got? Uh oh, geez. Who do we got on here? So Glitch RC, I'm assuming Glitch RC is, that's, is Matthew that, Gonzalez. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's him. Nick Sylvia. Nick Edgington. I don't know who Yammy R1M is. You know who that is? No, I don't know who that oh, is. Okay. Mention your sponsors. That's a good that's a good idea. Give a shout out to all your sponsors. Shout out to uh, TOR, uh, Hobbywing, J Concepts, uh, Spectrum, Boom RC, Avid RC, um, RC Speed Secrets, and uh, Rad Horse for letting me uh, run Nitro at his track, his house. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yammy R1M is Dane Gangler. Dane Gangler. <laughs> Dane Gangler. Matthew posted a bunch of stuff. Is that, is that Tom Rennerneck, my hero? Tom's a god, <laughs> Reedy Race Champion of the World, Slick Nation, Slicky Slick Slick, Pipe Down Junior. Uh, Tom's my hero. 
Uh, what a guy. My hero shouted me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wade Gehring was on here. He's what saying, a nice, What's up, what a nice guy. <laughs> oh, what? wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We got one more. We got one more. What time is it? All right. Uh, Tom, what, what's your tire prep? We didn't talk about this at all and it's very important and you're really good at it. Yeah. So last round of the summer series, I ran gold treads like on Friday, I got like four or five runs on them. So they were pretty low, like in the center. And then I ran in some slicks Saturday morning for my four wheel. And, uh, and then, so it's basically I want my tires to have like a slick tread in the center before. Cause I feel like the groove has been getting really, really dark. So you can get away with running a lower tread tire mm-hmm. and then just been using PB blaster sauce and using the tire warmers for the first few runs. And then, and when you say slicks, are you making them? What tire are you making them out of? Yeah, I'll make them out of gold ellipses. Okay. And I'll just slick them down and make sure they have the stiff foam. So I have good support because I know they're going to have a lot of grit. I think I ran them in the second qualifier. Yeah. And they were, they were, I don't think it was quite ready for it then, but then in the main, they were really good. Yeah. The main last summer series was crazy how much grip there yeah, was. Yeah, there was so much grip. It was nuts. What do you do at other tracks? Like for OCRC, did you, did you do anything different? Like, did you cut your foams or anything like that? Just silver compound? Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. And then I've, I've V-cutted the foams when we were on treads, but then for slicks, I ran just the standard foam. No cut. Okay. And you like your tire warmers? Yeah. Yeah. They're good. I like to use them just for the first run. Just, uh, I don't know how much it really helps. Like once the tires are broken in, I can't really tell. Like after a few runs, I feel like it's just wearing my, or it's just like stretching my tires out more. So, right. Yeah. I can see that. Okay. I just warm them the first run and then they seem to, I always have pretty good grip after the first run. So I don't feel like I need to yeah, like heat them up again. Emerson had this habit of, of heating his tires up before every single race. And I'm like, dude, you got to stop doing that. You're, you're blowing out your tires. And then he would go out there and do like wall rides and stuff like that. And, Blow out his tires anyways. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to go. That's uh that's pretty good. We like having you on here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. We appreciate it. Uh, it's fun to have guests on. I know we didn't get to any race results or anything like that, Absolutely. but you did win four wheel drive and two wheel drive mod this last weekend. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> you broke my streak. I won a club race and now my streaks broke. So, I'm sorry, Alex. No, it's okay. I suck now. So <laughs> once again, uh, this was Tom Rinderneck. We had Tom Rinderneck on the show today. Thanks to him. Thanks to all of his uh, sponsors for, for supplying him with the stuff he needs to get at the level that he races at. We appreciate having him at the Hopperplex most of the time. You know, there's very few weekends he haven't been around. So that's pretty awesome. Thanks to Will Brinton once again for uh for being the uh the co-host of this show as always we'll see how i feel this week if we uh if i feel like it we might cancel after hours and i might just go bonkers on the track on thursday night otherwise i'll be on there at 9 p.m uh for our uh, after hours live stream so appreciate you guys and thanks to our uh sponsors always for uh pivot landing group uh you can find them at pivotlending.com and uh if you mention us our show and you uh you get through a home loan or a refinance something cool like that um you get 500 dollars lender credit or 0.125 off of your interest rate and uh, they've been our sponsor since january now that's how we're able to come to you weekly and also um if you enjoyed this podcast 
please give us a five-star review on uh, whatever thing. Yeah. I'd no, really appreciate no it. No naughty one-star reviews. <laughs> huh? No naughty one-star reviews. We yeah, want five stars. Five stars. Yeah, otherwise keep it to yourselves. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you later. Yep. See you guys. See you.